0: Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action and ignite entrepreneurship in your community. Welcome to Making Our Way Forward podcast, where we interview people from many walks of life who are doing entrepreneurial work uh, in communities everywhere. I'm really excited to have our guests today. Keith Arten, who is coming to us from Durham, North Carolina, and it has an interesting connection um, to my life as we opened up the NACI headquarters here in the beginning of 2020, I had to move myself and my family uh, from New Jersey down to North Carolina. So I had an opportunity before even knowing Keith um, to get acquainted um, with his organization. So let's kick off the conversation today. And Keith, why don't you share with us a little bit about, you know, who you are and your background and, and what you're doing right now.
1: Sure. Well, thanks. Uh thanks for having me on today, Becky. I appreciate it. Uh so um my name's Keith Arton. Um currently the president and CEO of Trosa, Triangle Residential Options for Substance Abusers, uh here in Durham. Um I yeah, I started my career uh in a more traditional business role. I was a public finance analyst. So I, I had an undergrad degree in business and, and finance and went in and uh i think even early on i tried to figure out how what i was doing had a positive impact on society so although you know it took a little it took a little bit of of, uh gymnastics to make that happen but you know the uh you know public finance we were we were financing things like schools and hospitals and things of that nature and i i did that for a number of years but um knew that i wanted to uh wanted to consider what other things I might be able to do and went back for my business degree uh, after five years and coming out of business school it was dot-com bubble time this is in 99 spring of 99 and some of the folks that I knew from my banking days had gotten into doing a startup and um, after about six months after I graduated I, I had gotten involved with a smaller startup locally here, but six months after I had graduated, they started up something out in California and moved out to San Francisco and was involved with that whole scene. Um, and it had a, it was a really great experience. and it was it was uh, it was comical at times and it was interesting. Uh, the things that I learned, though, uh, when you have a group of people who believe in something, and that's how things were. I'd say in the very earliest days of that startup, I, you know, I, I joined up with them when there were just four staff members. We were working in a warehouse in in, in San Francisco. We 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 subleased a warehouse, an office within a warehouse, with no heat, and uh, you know, so we you know we would be wearing winter coats and year round, and just everyone's just sort of scraping by, and with a. Um, powerful leader, someone who really had a lot of charisma and a lot of vision um, was this the person that had brought me out to California.
0: There is so much there, Keith. I, I want to just pause for a minute because as you were talking about your warehouse experience, there was a big smile on your face, uh, yeah. which those who are listening can't see. And I was thinking about that in the context of you know, we get comfortable in our careers, and because you have a background in finance, and I know a little bit about your organization, you guys are doing very well. But you're doing good. You're you're changing people's lives, but you you don't forget that, right? You don't forget being hungry and, uh, to some extent, being cold because I'm sure it was a yeah. little drafty in that warehouse. Um, And I love your experience. So I'd love it if you'd share with us maybe a couple lessons of what you learned um, in your time going out to California um, and sort of in that startup culture. How did maybe a couple of things that you learned prepare you for the role that you're doing today, which is president and CEO of TROSA? Because I want to get into also the mission of of the good work that you do.
1: Well, in a in a very sort of boring, practical way, I did. It just happened that the startup I was involved with um, was working on an application for moving and storage. So there was a little like practical aspect to the things to one of the the uh, social enterprises that Trosa happened to have. So that was a nice uh, was a nice coincidence. But really, it it had to do with uh, working with people, working with a really good team. Uh, the idea of people working together as a team um, the excitement of, of people sort of moving together in the same direction. Uh, I think there's a lot of power there and, and I'll, I will admit that towards the end of my experience in California, we, we sort of lost the thread, uh, in in the months leading up to my moving back East to Durham. And, and, And I won't get into the details of that, but just to say that, you know, it was it was a very stereotypical sort of rise and fall of a dot com start. There were so many of those stories out there, but it it, it, it did teach me a lot about, um, again, about staying sort of focused on on uh, moving towards sort of a common goal. And when you have that, there's a lot of power there. And once you kind of lose that, it can be very difficult. And I definitely found it here
0: at Truth. That, that is great. And I, you know, no pun intended as you're talking about move, uh, you know, moving toward that goal. And I, I don't think it's unusual for people to get lost. I, I, to be honest, have taken detours um even in my years at NACI as the as the president and CEO these last seven years. Um, we sometimes sort of slightly diverted off course, or maybe we sort of strayed away from really laser focusing on our membership, which is really the whole purpose of being. But I I think those are great lessons. And, and, you know, one of the great things about being entrepreneurial is you can take a detour. You can have a massive failure and you can come back from that. And so one of the things I wanted to share with you is how I got to know TROSA. Um, I was planning on moving my, you know, my family and myself were moving down here. My husband's employer is located down here as well. And I started getting quotes for moving companies, and I was horrified (laughs) at how expensive it was. And I called up Katie Gales, who's the Director of Entrepreneurship um, for Wake Tech, and I said, Katie, do you know of any organizations or companies that might um, be in the area that possibly we could hire? And she said, I know just... The organization. And she told me about your mission of really giving people the opportunity if they've encountered um, substance abuse or maybe they've they've gotten themselves into things that they needed to untangle from, that they could be exposed um, to really the opportunity to have a great life and to build a sense of fellowship and community. So long story short, I reached out to your organization. I got a quote which was probably I'm not kidding you half of what I got as a quote from a major company. And then I was thinking, well, my goodness, is this going to be like, like a non-professional experience, but I was like, so focused on the big price tag. I'm like, I'll just take a chance. And what was fun for me is I remember we were getting ready to move in. um, You know, this is goes back almost two years ago. Now is the people arrived and they were so professional and they were so kind and that the whole Operation was it was it was nothing less than what I would have gotten going with a more you know well known um, firm, and through the the days they were pa- helping us pack up and and eventually coming down here and then they greeted us at where I am right now in my house uh, that we moved into. I just started to learn more and some of them were um, open enough and kind enough to share about their experience and how dedicated they were um, to what they were doing. So I'm going to share one other little thing because I want you to do most of the talking, but. As they're moving stuff up, we have sort of a steep, you know, it's not overly steep, but they, they dinged one of the walls. And I was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. And they said, no, we have like a segment of our business that's focused on doing home repairs and different things. And I was like, you do? So anyway, that was my experience. But I want you to talk about um, really what TROSA is, the impact that you make, not only in helping people like me who need a service, but in changing people's lives.
1: Thank you. I'd love to. And before I do, though, I do want to say one little thing. There's there's a, there's a an element of what that little story you told there that's such a big part of Trisa. And I, I always, um, if I talk to people about our moving company or really any of our businesses, I'll often hear very positive things. And, and I'll tell people, I want to know, you know, it's okay if things didn't go perfect because this is life. Life isn't perfect and mistakes happen and accidents happen. It's how you how you react to those things. This is like a life lesson that we live Mm -hmm. out in the way we do our business. If you make a mistake, it's okay. Just own up to it and and do your best to remedy it. And that sounds like that's exactly what our crew wanted wanted to convey to you. So I think that's really important. Um, So yeah, so we, we, uh, so TROSA is a long-term residential substance abuse treatment program. So we have folks who are coming to us with uh, generally with really long term substance use disorder issues, um, many folks are coming with uh, um, involvement in, been involved with the criminal justice system at some point, um, and from a variety of backgrounds, uh, homeless or, or housing unstable. Um, about a quarter of our folks don't have a high school diploma or the equivalent, and uh, and there are folks who are coming as. Uh, as some are coming as an alternative to incarceration, but it's, it's voluntary. Uh, people can't be sentenced here. And everyone's coming sort of with a com- the common thread that everyone has here is people want a better life. Uh, that's, we, we sort of lay that out to people when they get here because we know a better life looks different for everyone. I don't wanna say everyone wants the same thing, but everyone wants something better. Because if they didn't want something better, there would be no purpose to, there'd be no reason to commit the time and effort to coming to a place like Trosa. Um, while folks are here, they everything is provided for them. Food, housing, clothing. Everyone uh, after a period of time of orientation, which typically is about 30 to 45 days, are put in a community assignment it can be an internally focused thing, but it might be uh, one of the social enterprises like moving. Um, and folks will be there throughout their program. They'll, they'll typically rotate to different departments so that they can get different experiences. And we help people prepare for finding a job outside of TROSA in the community at the end of the program. So the final three months of the program are what we call workout in the the months leading up to that we're doing a lot of classes on on relapse prevention on uh preparing a resume on interviewing and and then um when people hit that 21 month mark they find a job out in the community and for the the, the remaining 3 months of that of a 2 year program they would their assignment is to go to that job and uh you know and save their money so that when they leave Trosa, they have something to get started. Um, We have uh, nearly perfect job placement rates. we're placing um, well over 100 people in jobs in the community annually. Um, The only people who don't have jobs when they leave Trosa are people who um, are either not going to be working because they may have a disability or they may be going back to school or they may be relocating, so they're not going to get a job until they relocate. So uh, we've we've formed really great relationships with a lot of employers in the area to get help people find jobs when they are ready to leave.
0: Yeah, I I remember. Um, I, I guess you'd call him the foreman or the the person in charge uh, when we were moving. You know, he shared his story that you know his life was just turned upside down, and he told me that had he not come to Trosa. And he said, it was very humbling because, you know, you're doing this and it is really hard work, moving furniture or whatever that you're doing. But, you know, he really attributes, you know, his family, you know, he's still married. Uh, he was able to save his marriage and his children are, you know, getting older. I think he might have a younger one, but it stuck with me and I was I was a little sad because I had sort of forgotten about it. And then I got a call from one of your staff members um, inviting me to make a, a donation. And I was like, oh, I, I totally forgot about that because I was thinking about the food bank and many other things. And I wanted to just ask you um, in terms of your funding, because you know you are a finance guy, like obviously your businesses are funding um people coming there and you know their food and their clothing and whatnot, but like what are the other kinds of things that, that you need? How do you get funded? Otherwise, are you, are you partially government funded? Do you rely on uh, donations or how does that work?
1: So um, going back when I came to Trosa in 2001, um, we were probably getting uh, covering about 85 to 90% of our budget with um, revenue from social enterprises and in-kind donations that uh that we have a depart that's like one of the community assignments is in kind to, to sort of do research and find um, things that can be donated that we would otherwise spend money on. It could be anything, it could be food, it could be clothing, it could be toilet paper, it could be shampoo. Uh, so I, uh, I didn't get into my whole journey. I was at TROSA for close to 10 years. I left TROSA for a job outside of TROSA and moved on to the board for about three and a half years. And then I came back to work at TroSA in late 2014. When I came back to Trosa um, in the very beginning of 2015, we had started to work with uh, make a more concerted effort to figure out if there was a piece where we could secure some funding from the government because we have, were finding that we were covering our we were covering our operating needs pretty well, but there was a lot of Long-term deferred capital uh, improvements that were being neglected, and we were being we were sort of being forced to be pennywise and pound foolish because of the the, the cash flow. And um, so today, uh, our, our picture looks a little bit more like um, about uh, 65 to 70 percent of our operating is covered by the social enterprises, and about 15. Percent or so is covered by uh, government funds, uh, a mixture of different sources of government funds, and about fifteen percent is coming from uh, traditional fundraising. So that's another thing that we've been working on making more robust, so that again, so that we can address a lot of um, a lot of capital needs and make sure that we we have a, just a, a mix that is a little more sustainable.
0: Yeah, I like that diversification. Even, you know, here at NACI, you know, we take in obviously membership dues. We're a nonprofit, 501c3, but we've really focused on that as well. And, And I think, you know, one of the things I learned early in my career working for the United Way is the most common reason people give for not contributing is nobody asks them. So, Just like the story of of your staff member that that reached out to me was important. If people are are listening to this and they they love your mission and they want to help out, where do they go to find out more about Trosa? If they want to contribute uh, something um, to help you guys, uh, you know, especially during the holiday season where a lot of people have been blessed. Let's be honest, through the pandemic, you're saving money on gas. You know, maybe you're lucky enough that you have your job and you want to give back. So tell us, Keith, what you need and how. How people can, um, can can support your work?
1: Great, thank thank you for asking that. Uh, so our, our website's the best place to start. It's uh, trosa.inc.org. That's uh, t r o s a i n c.org, and um, you know there it's pretty easy to learn a lot more about our program there, and also uh, figure out ways that you can help either by making a donation online. Um, or even um, you know folks have uh, uh, ways that they might be able to contribute uh, to it in an in-kind fashion um, that's a that's a great place to start as well
0: good so i i really hope people will do that and i i know and we talk about this a lot on the program is that you know it's funny you you give and it just it's really empowering like i was thinking about that like if you really want to feel good about yourself, you know, help someone else, listen to someone else, you know, do do for others, I think, especially at this time of year. And so I was hoping that at this point in the year, we would be um, beyond the pandemic, but uh, it has reared its ugly head again. So it looks like this is going to be a longer journey. And As Keith, we think about the things that we talk about internally at NACI, What we're grateful for and hopeful for. Why don't you close us out and maybe share with us, you know, something that you're grateful for, either you know, in your work or family life, and something that you're hopeful for in 2022.
1: Well, you know, I, I mean, personally, I I have a lot of things to be thankful for. But focusing on Trosa, I'm incredibly thankful for a number of things. We. Up to this point in the pandemic, we've had, even though we live in a very uh, like a congregate living type of setting, we've have uh, we've instituted a lot of really um, good practices going all the way back to March of 2020, where we have not had any outbreaks at Trosa uh, of COVID. Uh, we've only had uh, individualized cases, and there was no uh, uh, and and no one required any medical care outside of. Uh, the primary care we provide on campus so we're very fortunate there and i'm, and I'm incredibly thankful for that um we also have experienced a lot of uh, dedication by our staff you know people have had to go above and beyond uh for the last 18 plus months and it's just been very uh it's been hard on people uh, emotionally i think but um but everyone stayed very committed to what our mission is here, and uh, we're really, really fortunate for that. Um, and, and, and finally, sort of looking ahead, we, we've been, you know, after this is something I talked about, we, we started in 2015, you know, trying to work on identifying uh, ways that the government might be able to help with us with our mission but it went back even further than that, that there were were conversations and meetings happening going back a few years before that. And uh, it's borne out in in, um, our state recently. uh, The the most recent state budget approved a a significant investment in our expansion to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which we've, we had started uh, with a small amount, uh, not a small amount, but with enough money to get started, but not enough to finish out the project and the state, just made a commitment that gets us uh, towards finishing that project up over the course of the next three years.
0: Yeah, that is something to celebrate. And I, I think it's also maybe a beacon of hope that, you know, that was a, you know, bipartisan effort, right? Not everybody Absolutely. had everything that they wanted, but I'm thrilled to hear um, of that because that's what we'd like to focus on is, is, you know, good things, expanding and scaling them. So, I wanna thank you, Keith, for sharing a little bit about your story of such a rich uh, history. I'm excited about TROSA. I really hope that people who are tuning in will learn about that. Again, I lived in New Jersey at the time and, and reached out and. And contracted with one of your um, businesses that supports your mission and I hope other people will learn about that as well and just remember if there are people in your family in your life that have made mistakes or need help uh, there's no uh, shame in reaching out to either trosa or, or other organizations or sell you know communities of people you know nobody is is beyond help and hope
1: I agree thank you
0: Well, thank you so much, Keith, for joining us. And I'm excited um, to share the work that you're doing with our um, over 450 cities and, and 30 plus countries around the world. I hope people will be inspired. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. We hope that listening to this podcast will help you to explore the many ways
2: we might define entrepreneurship. Join us every other Wednesday for more episodes as we celebrate opportunity, learn from one another, and grow together. Subscribe to this podcast, connect with us on social media, and learn more about today's speakers at nacy.com forward slash podcast. We look forward to making our way forward together with you.
0: Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed? How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com impacted to order your copy now and join us in this work. Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action, And ignite entrepreneurship in your community.
2: Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook Volume 1 all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect,